1: Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
3: On DAB, online,
4: via the Talksport app, and on your smart speaker.
3: Women's Football Weekly with faker others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot um. and finds the next. On Talksport 2.
5: Hello, hello, welcome to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. It was a dramatic final day of the WSL season with plenty of twists and turns, but Chelsea were crowned champions for a third successive time after coming for a goal down twice and winning in style.
3: Kerr has gone for goal from distance! She's caught up, the goalkeeper! It's another sensational goal from Sam Kerr It's surely Chelsea's league
5: title now! At one point, Arsenal had the title in their hands, but a win at West Ham was not enough and they finished the season just a point behind the champions. We done what we
6: had to do today. We won the game. I think we can look back on an improved season compared to last year and I think that's what we just need to work with
5: now. And Manchester City cap off a tremendous fight back in the second half of the season by securing Champions League football once again.
4: Astonishing run of results towards the end of the season Not good enough for Manchester City this time round But they'll be challenging again next year And it was good enough, more than good enough today in the Sunshine in Berkshire To take third place in the league
5: We'll be rounding up the rest of the action from the final day And looking ahead to Sunday's FA Cup final This is Women's Football Weekly National Radio's only dedicated women's
4: football show
7: Women's Football Weekly with Faye Carruthers
4: Hi, I'm Ashley from Putnam motspur And you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 Hello, hello. Happy
5: Monday. How are you all doing? Have you recovered after a bonkers final day of the WSL season? It was never going to be straightforward, was it? The woman that I got to have the pleasure of sitting next to for all that drama is the wonderful Sheffield United forward, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. How are you doing, Courtney? I'm still not
8: recovered, Faye. What a a fantastic afternoon we were treated
5: to. Wasn't it absolutely incredible? We just kept looking at each other throughout the game going, wow, wow. (laughs) Genuinely didn't know, did we? I spoke to producer Flo as well. She was convinced it was going to Arsenal where she was at at West Ham. But before we kind of get stuck into the full chat of exactly what went on, in case anybody missed it yesterday... Let's listen back and see how it sounded live on TalkSport.
3: With the free kick deep into the penalty area, and it's headed in! Manchester United lead! Thomas was lurking at the head of Beyond Berger! And is it all going wrong for Chelsea?
7: West Ham United nil, Arsenal nil. West Ham defending really well, frustrating Arsenal so far. How is Sissoko is just breaking up everything that Arsenal try and bring forward? But news of that goal going in did hit the Arsenal bench and Jordan Nobbs has just stood up and given it the big one on the Arsenal bench.
3: It up the near post, And it could fall for Cuthbert! Oh, it's absolutely wonderful! Cuthbert has lashed it in! Chelsea going back to the top of the women's Super League! Now then, Manchester United on the attack got across the left wing position to the far post two on the volley deflected in Manchester United back in front
7: John Nobbs has been watching the Chelsea game on her phone she's basically official mascot today she's been jeeing up the crowd she's been reacting to everything going on in that other game so yeah lots of drama still to come I'm sure but it is still West Ham nil Arsenal nil
8: we both need a moment to catch our breath. This is almost like a basketball game rather than football. And now Kerr on the volley! Absolutely wonderful!
3: What a goal from Sam Kerr! Chelsea on the attack. 2 2. Pinilla Harder sprinting into the penalty area, putting it across! Right and sticks it in! Chelsea
7: lead! It's West Ham 0, Arsenal 1. Big relief for the Arsenal bench because they have got themselves into the lead. Substitutes team the Black Senators have scored within about 30 seconds of replacing Caelan Ford. A lot of relief. On on the look of the faces of the Arsenal bench, and we know anything could still happen this afternoon. It's West Ham nil, Arsenal. Goal.
3: Kerr has gone for goal from distance, she's caught up the goalkeeper, it's another sensational goal from Sam Kerr, it's surely Chelsea's league title now.
7: It's now West Ham nil, Arsenal 2. Steph Catley with the goal from the edge of the box in off the left hand post. It's a goal that doesn't really change much at the moment, but Arsenal are 2-0 up here. It's going to be an historic
3: triumph, this, for Chelsea in this unique women's Super League season. It's gone right down to the final whistle of the final day. But blue is the colour. Chelsea champions once again. The cream of the crop. Magdalena Eriksson collects the trophy, she holds it up to the Chelsea teammates, makes her way onto the podium and thrusts it high into the bright blue sky.
5: Wow, 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 wasn't it? Just The most incredibly dramatic final day of the season. The season has certainly lived up to the promise, hasn't it? And now I can't wait for next season already. And we haven't even had the Women's FA Cup final yet. So it's not technically the end of the season. But league-wise, it is, of course. What's next season going to bring, Courtney? I mean, this was just phenomenal from start to finish. Chelsea 4, Manchester United 2, West Ham nil, Arsenal 2. So Arsenal did do their job in the end. But that Chelsea fight back, we talked live on air on TalkSport about what Emma Hayes was going to need to say to her team in the dressing room because they were all over the place in the first half. Whatever it was she said, I can't remember your quote that you said, but whatever Emma Hayes is dishing out, I'll have a bottle of it, please.
8: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know, you know, the, the ability that the way she, she has to, to speak to a player is to have that connection. It's so evident. And yeah, I think if we could all have a, a, a little bottle of that it'd be fantastic, but I, I think more than anything she probably would have told them just not to panic and go back to basics because it was so unlike them you could see the nerves and they weren't doing the things throughout the season and and I think sticking to their process that that, that within that first half that as i say they 're done all season, and obviously, in terms of her as well the the two sort of tutions she made the fact that they'd gone they were a they started a four at the back mm. and they'd reverted back to a three, so she 's had that influence in that way, but I think in terms of the the difference on the pitch, it really was um, night and day. And the fact that they, as I say, in the first half were struggling to connect passes and to string more than two or three passes together. And it was just a, a completely different side that came out. And I think it was a um, probably a case of, look, we've got nothing. I know they have the title to lose, but in terms of go out and just have play with that freedom and play like you've got nothing to lose. And, and that's easier said than done in that position. But no, I think they just, they went out and, and did, You know, they just played as Chelsea rather than the nerves that we saw in the first half.
5: Yeah, and it wasn't even a minute on the clock, was it, in the second half when Sam Kerr scored that spectacular volley to make it 2-2. And she'd spoken after the game about the fact she visualises things like that and she's a big player for these kind of moments. She doesn't like being behind and it's like, uh, no, I'm here to do a job actually. And by the way, just going to sc- score two stunners, even though you've put the list out for the uh, potential uh, goals of the season. I'm just going to add two more that could go on there as well.
8: Yes, I mean to to score either one of those goals is is unbelievable, but to score two goals of that quality in one game, um, as I say, that the first one I think is technically harder on a weaker foot, the 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 way that it's coming towards her. But actually, you know, when you watch that second goal, the audacity, and you, if you watch the replays back, and I have many many times, you see, and I, and I saw it at the time as well. I mentioned it on 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 the day in terms of she has a little look, she sees Mary Earps off her line. But then the fact she receives it on a chest with a with her back to goal and then swivels and hits it. It's just, yeah, both unbelievable goals. It not it's not just the goals, but the timings of those goals. And I think, you know, every every striker or top striker at least has that in them in terms of, you know, you were saying she mentioned about being that big game player and you want to be that person. You want to score the winning goals. You want to be the player that, you know, drags your team by the scruff of the neck and 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 has the ability to do that. And yeah, she's She's been fantastic this season. We saw it against Villa as well, didn't we, when she scored that last moment goal and shirt off and and waving it around. And yeah, she's a big game player.
5: Producer Flo was at Dagenham, uh, West Ham's ground, for the Arsenal match. And the emotions there, Flo, when everything was filtering in from King's Meadow. I mean, one minute they're celebrating. I think Jordan Nobbs, you said, was on her phone telling everybody what what was going on. But they must have looked so deflated when they heard about Sam Kerr's goals.
7: Yeah, so I was kind of the um, the messenger almost because obviously I had you guys in my ear. So I was getting the first first live reaction because there was a bit of a delay anyone watching on their phone. So I was kind of updating the Arsenal press officer who would then kind of filter it through to the bench. So there was obviously massive excitement when that first goal went in, then a bit of a bit of disappointment when they got their equalizer and then to go 2-1, that's when that's when John Knobbs, I think, got really excited. Um, got got her phone out, her and Anna Patton, who's beat, it was who was at loan at Aston Villa but is now back at Arsenal. They were watching it at the back of the, the, the subs bench and keeping an eye on things and eh every single Arsenal player was biting their nails I know some people bite their nails anyway but it felt like they were biting their nails for a reason it was so nervy and then when they went in at half time the PA announcer was reading out the half time scores and so he read out Chelsea 1 Manchester United 2 and there was a huge reaction the Arsenal fans had already reacted off the back of that but you could tell the Arsenal players heard that and Vivian Minamar told me afterwards that Lisa Evans was keeping her updated during the game Lisa Evans wasn't playing uh, so everyone knew and then at the full time Whistle! You could tell they knew too. Kim Little was sort of walking around, saying, "You know, look to be saying, does anyone know the score?" And there were a few shake of the heads, and I think that was the kind of the, the realization it was over. It was that Birmingham result, wasn't it, Courtney, that did them in the
5: end because you know
7: they they had it
5: in their grasp.
8: Yeah, I think you know you look at the twists and turns in a season, but ultimately that was the one um, where it was won and lost, and, and Birmingham were full credit for that for their three points that day. I think they outplayed Arsenal, which you know, and not a lot of teams will, will say this season. And yeah, unfortunately, then the analysis that, that they will do, they will review the season. And I think, yeah, that will be the big moment where, you know, they'll be very disappointed.
5: Listen, let's speak to the winning manager, um, Emma Hayes. Let's speak to, let's hear from is what what I mean. Emma's been everywhere today and she was on TalkSport Breakfast early doors this morning talking about how the dressing room reacted to being 2-1 down at half-time and why this felt like her favourite title yet.
4: Top teams know how to keep that pressure external from them. But of course, players are going into the game a little bit nervous and excited, and I thought it showed in the first half. I thought we were so stiff in everything we did, in and out of possession, and even at 2-1 down, I mean, they've got such a great dressing room. They're calm. Uh, We sorted out some of the issues. I made a couple of changes, and second half, we were just dynamite. We were chasing the whole season. We knew we didn't get off to a good start, and I think that challenge was one my team thrived on. For whatever reason, they seem to perform better in difficult moments, whether it's going down to 10 players, whether it's losing to Arsenal first game of the season, whether it's going 2-1 behind. And Aaron Cuthbert said to me, yes, we played in the first half like we had something to lose. And in the second half, we played like we had everything to win. And I thought that was so critical. And I, I always wonder in performance why some teams are... react like they do and I think for my team because we've been used to winning for such a long time that challenge seems to be the one that resonates most with the group this year Mm. and that's why we've been victorious.
5: Yeah, it's a really good point that Emma Hayes uh, makes. She was speaking on TalkSport Breakfast uh, this morning. She also mentioned that she didn't go out with the rest of the players. They all went into town to celebrate. She decided to go home, but her son Harry decided to play a disco in the kitchen and uh, they were dancing around to some some cracking tunes, Courtney. I mean, that sounds like much more fun than going into town, but maybe that's just me getting a bit old.
8: No, I think that's me as well. Uh, we had our presentation on Friday and after... Uh I left all the girls to it as it got to sort of 10, 11 o'clock. I'm, I'm too old for that now. But no, I think those those Excuse me. I, do you tea. know
5: what? I'm just going to cut myself off there because <laughs> what I should have said at the beginning of, of the show is congratulations to Sheffield United's Player of the Season and Golden Boot winner. So why Thank were you, you, you not often and um, celebrating with everyone?
8: Oh, I'm too old. As I say, I'm, I'm too old for that at the moment. So I let all the, uh, all the younger ones... Uh, have that sort of, of moment and I will uh, leave them to it because I need my uh, I need my sleep nowadays.
5: All oh, right. Well, Sam Kerr doesn't. I mean, she's like a Duracell bunny, isn't she? She's unbelievable. And uh, Talk Sports Joe Shannon spoke to her and she said this was definitely her favourite title.
4: Oh, the last one's always the best one. So, yeah, it's the most recent, so the one it feels the best. But um, it's good to send the girls off on a nice high
3: note. To win the Golden Boot again, how special is that for you? Was that something you wanted to do? Was that a target you set?
4: Um, I mean, I think if I'm scoring goals, the
8: team's in a position to win. So, of course, every year I would like to win it, but sometimes it's not doable. And um, I'm really proud this year because I went away for the Asian Cup. I come back, we had low players. And, um, yeah, if I can keep scoring for my team, that's my job.
3: And to score two goals like that in one game of that level of quality, does that make it extra special? It must do.
8: (laughs) Yeah, I think... I mean, those goals I'll remember for the rest of my life because of the experience here with everyone here, all the fans, they made it special. And last time we win it, there was no fans. So to do it in front of fans, it's special. But yeah, they're pretty good. I haven't seen them back yet, though.
5: Oh, I'm sure she'll watch them on repeat. <laughs> well, the rest of us certainly will. And please, Sam, don't mention the Asia Cup. You'll just upset Jonas Iderval, uh who we will hear from uh, very shortly. Uh, Sam Kerr won Barclays Player of the Month for April as well after scoring four goals. She was also the Football Writers Association's Women's Player of the Season, picking up all the accolades. And she is just such a unique talent, Courtney.
8: Yeah, and I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because when she first came to the league and she had that big price tag on her head, actually people were were sort of criticising her to an extent because she maybe didn't hit the ground running the way that um, many people expected. But I think she's she's so, shown her quality in absolute abundance. I think the big thing for me this season is she's took the the pressure of the team on her shoulders um, in as I say, I mentioned it earlier, that goal against Aston Villa, when you when you need your leaders and your players to step up in the moment, you know, at 90 plus two, I think it was, and, and I think she's she's all about that. And she's she's turning into to that leader and the focal point of of that team, and everything just seems to to tick around her. And I just love her energy as well. And she's so tenacious, she's powerful, she scores all different types of goals. She's you know, she'll score your tap-ins, then she'll score your two worldies in the same game. And, yeah, I think she, she looks like just a great player to to be in the changing room with as well. Bounds of energy. We saw her yesterday, didn't she? We, she sort of got taken by the moment, forgot to to get a medal. But, no. yeah, it seems like a joker in the pack as well.
5: Yeah, so many of them did that. I think they needed to, like, light the way, like a runway, didn't they? Because they all just went straight for Emma Hayes. It's like, you've got to get your medal first. Um... On to Dagenham. Producer Flo spoke to a really empty Arsenal head coach, Jonas Idaval, after, of course, Arsenal just pipped at the post, missed out on the title.
1: Obviously feels very empty now because
5: I, I don't believe in people saying that don't expect anything and then you don't get disappointed. Uh, I don't think that drives the best performances. Uh, I think
3: expect and dream of the best things. Uh, and do everything in your power and try to achieve it. And if you don't,
5: then you will, of course, be very disappointed. But for me, it's the only way. You need to invest emotionally in
2: things, and we did. So now, of course, we're very disappointed and the limit.
5: Of course, it is just his first season in charge. So you'd expect now he's got his feet under the table that Jonas Eidevel is going to pick himself up and, uh, and really start to think how they can properly challenge uh, Chelsea and Manchester City next season.
8: Yeah, I think for me that there's been a change in Arsenal in terms of I think they defensively look better um, and they're more aggressive, especially on the counter press. And, and just in general, all around the pitch, they seem more aggressive to, to win the ball back because we always know with Arsenal that they're fantastic at keeping possession and they're lovely to watch in the passages of play. And they almost walk the ball into the net sometimes. But out of possession, I think they've looked a lot better. For me, obviously, there's there's so many rumours, isn't there, around me tomorrow and different players whether they will be there next season. But I think he, he started fantastically well, and there's a, a lot to build on. I think there's just a you know a few bits and bobs, a, a couple of additions. Blackstenius, obviously, in in January has been brilliant. I think a few more additions in. An, In and around, and I think they'll uh, be be well placed to compete with Chelsea. And I think also Man City are going to do very well next year.
5: Yeah, I agree with you. And you mentioned Vivian Miedemar there. Producer Flo uh, spoke to her after the game. Um, She talked about her future and uh, conceded that basically it was key moments that cost them this season.
6: Nah, yeah, it is. I mean, obviously, like, it's a game that we should have never lost. Um, we've had a couple of other games that we shouldn't have dropped points in. Like, obviously, Manu at home, we made it extremely difficult for ourselves. Uh, the same with Tottenham away. So there have been a couple of games that we've probably uh, let us slip. But, again, we are so close, and I think the club needs to keep improving, and hopefully
7: they can win a title next year. Then. And what about your season as well? It's, you play in different positions. You've got a new strike partner in Sina Black-Stenius. Like How would you reflect on your season as a whole? Um,
6: obviously, like, it's been quite heavy. Like We've played a lot of games. Um, coming back after the Olympics, didn't really have a summer break. Then obviously, came came back after the winter, adjusted to playing as a 10. Um, yeah, it's been up and down, and I think for everyone, not just for me. Um, but yeah, I think I can give the team a lot more when I am playing as a 10, and I think you could see that today.
7: And so many fans here today hanging on, waiting for the to hear about your future. What can they expect to see here for you next season? Will you be here at Arsenal next season?
6: I don't know, yeah. I think I've I've obviously uh, really focused on the last couple of games because I think that's always the right thing to do. And from there on, I've got a holiday now. I'll probably see my family as well and I hope to come to a decision quite soon.
5: I think she's already come to a decision. She's just not ready to tell us what that decision is just yet. What do you think she's going to do, Courtney?
8: I I could see her at, at Barcelona for sure, I think you look at the, the the English clubs at the moment and I think we're still quite far away from that Champions League and I think, you know, nothing's ever given in football. But I think if she goes to Barcelona, she is almost guaranteed um, a Champions League trophy. Obviously, she's won the WSL. I think she's pretty much, even at her young age, done all there is to do um, in terms of domestically um, in, in the WSL and, and with Arsenal. And I know it's not been year after year, is it Chelsea, but she has got that medal. She has got that trophy. Um, and, and as I say, I think the she's such a big player that deserves so much, in, in my opinion. And I think she deserves to be a Champions League winner. And, and as I say, I think at Barcelona, she will get that.
5: OK, brilliant stuff. Right. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Carruthers. Sheffield United forward Courtney Sweetman-Kirk is with me coming up. We're going to chat through the rest of the weekend's WSL final day action. This is Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Ruthers. Courtney Sweetman Kirk of Sheffield United is with me. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the Talksport app. So just go ahead and download it today. Now then, after Manchester City's 6 0 win over Birmingham midweek, Gareth Taylor's side knew that they would secure Champions League football with a win. And what a win it was. It Reading nil, Manchester City four, a 13th consecutive win in all competitions. Um, Bearing in mind the start of the season they had, Courtney, this is quite a remarkable turnaround.
8: Yeah, it's been a fantastic turnaround. I think it was a disappointing start, as you say. I know in terms of of, of their squad, it's a fantastic squad. So I think they should have done better initially. Uh, with the, result, the results that they had, despite their injury list, but obviously now getting those key players back, you've seen how much you know they add to the squad, and maybe also as well, it, it was a maybe a bit of a you know we've had a, a terrible start, the pressure's off, no one's expecting anything mm. from us, um, and sometimes when that happens, then in, in, as you say, you're not under that sort of pressure, you you play with more freedom, and I think that the big one for me and. Uh, getting Man City back to to where they are is Chloe Kelly coming Mm. back from a, a terrible ACL and she influences that side so much still you no, know, so young and got so much to give, but she really is an, an unbelievable player.
5: Yeah, she certainly is, as is Lauren Hemp, who, of course, gave City the lead after half an hour. Lovely touch and finish from Akira Walsh ball over the top. Her 10th goal of the season. Bunny Shaw on the score sheet again, doubling City's lead. And then Ellen White with the third and Alex Greenwood with a penalty uh, for the fourth. I mean, there ended up in there being a five-point gap between Manchester City and Manchester United in the end. And I think Mark Skinner will be quite frustrated, actually, that a few uh, poor results, some damaging draws have have left his side missing out on on Champions League football when they had it in their hands at one point?
8: Yeah, I think because of the position they found themselves in, I think they will be extremely disappointed in the end um, in terms of, as you say, that gap between them and City. But I think once they look at it in in the cold light of day and, and, and come away from it, um, and looking at it a bit more analytically. I think they wouldn't have expected to get Champions League football. That I think it, it would have been great for them, but I don't think that's that's something that they probably would have realistically thought they'd get at the start of the season. Um, so it it won't define their season, but all, it, it will still be very disappointing.
5: Yeah, absolutely. But for Gareth Taylor's side, impressive, really. Uh, and he spoke after the match.
8: Yeah, I mean, mission accomplished.
3: And, I, and you think about where we were after seven or eight games earlier in the season. To do what we have done is is amazing and I think it takes a, a real collective to do that, you know, behind the scenes. The players, obviously, the players have been great. You know, I've been demanding of them and to go on the consecutive winning run that we've been on has, has been superb and, uh, like I say, massive respect for them.
5: Massive respect from us as well. It was a fantastic turnaround after an injury-ridden start of the season for sure. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Another team that had... An impressive end, well, beginning of the season in, in particular, but overall season, I would say, is is Tottenham Hotspur. A bit less to play for in the rest of the games in the WSL, but they finished with a 1-0 win over Leicester City. They'd had a bit of a bad run as well, but a big win in front of their home fans at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And Ash Neville with the only goal of the game, capping off a cracking season for her, Rhianne Skinner and the rest of the team, Courtney.
8: Yeah, I think Ash Neville's done very well, hasn't she, this season in terms of obviously that fullback position and getting forward and and the scoring goals. And uh, she's a she's a great player and and Rianne Skinner as well. I think she's done a, a fantastic job at Spurs. Doesn't surprise me. Growing up, she uh, she was one of, of my managers through the the Centre of Excellence at Leicester, and and when I broke through to the to the first team there, and she's she's very demanding. You you know you you know where you stand with her. Let's put it that way. Uh, she's demanding of, of her players, but she gives you that back in, in spades and in terms of the quality of her coaching as well. And see she was at Arsenal for a bit. She's She's been in the sort of youth setups with England as well, honing um, that coaching experience. So, yeah, they, they've done fantastically well. I think they've got a great mix of, of uh, youth and experience and I think a, a little bit more investment again here and there and bolster that squad over the summer. And I think, again, they can have, give it a really good go next season. I think for them, it's about then trying to stay consistent. Can they sort of finish in, in the same sort of area again next season? And I think that shows massive progress if they can. And again, considering where they were a few years ago, coming up from the Championship, and um, it, it's always a hard jump. So to to be as established as they are at the moment within the WSL, they've, they've done some great work. I
5: feel like the improvements that Manchester United and Tottenham have made are going to make the league even more competitive in that fight for the three Champions League spots. And I'm really pleased there are now three Champions League spots as opposed to two because, you know, although the WSL team's in recent years, have not done anything special in the Champions League apart from Chelsea, obviously reaching the final, but then they were humbled against Barcelona uh, last season. But I would say it gives us a better chance. But we need to have more teams fighting for those three spots, and it's made the WSL much more competitive.
8: Yeah, it's the, it's the as you say, the two Skinners, Mark Skinner and Rianne Skinner. I think they've like pushed that that gap because I think. For, for so many years it was maybe just Chelsea at the top then there was almost three leagues at times within themselves whereas that middle ground now they're starting to close the gap mm. and it's as you say so important for us I think in Europe we have the most competitive league obviously we've not got the best teams in terms of you know, Barcelona um, how well they're doing and, and and the things that they're doing in Leon have always been been uh, the Champions League winners for the last few years. Wolfsburg are always there and about, so we've probably not got the strongest teams within the Champions League yet, but I genuinely do believe that we've got the most competitive league and, and the more that we can keep driving the standards, that will then translate into into the
5: Champions League. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Now, Birmingham ended up victorious in the second City derby at Villa Park, winning by a goal to nil. Viachri Sari with the only goal of the game in the 10th minute. She's really been a, a shining light, hasn't she, in Birmingham's poor season. What might have been for them, though? I mean, they'd only finished two points behind Leicester in the end. Important to note as well that Darren Carter was named Manager of the Month for April. They almost pulled off the great escape, just fell short. But the work that he he did with the players last month to make sure that they fought all the way to the final week of the season is exactly what got him that award and surely they're in they're in good hands with him to try and bounce straight back up next season
8: yeah I think as, as the management team I think they're in fantastic hands I am um, know quite a few of the Birmingham girls and and sort of when he came in I, I spoke to them and, and in terms of the the atmosphere and the environment he created they're all very happy in that issue for me is is the the bigger issue of the club and if they're going to invest and in, and spend and and Liverpool is a great model for that isn't it in terms of going down they had a look at it they changed a lot of things behind the scenes and um and and now they've obviously earned their place in the WSL so I think in terms of the coaching team and the players it's brilliant but I think the the wider issues of of the club and and how much they value their women's team is the big thing that will hinder them coming back up into the WSL.
5: Yeah, exactly. Uh, The other game of the day, Brighton won, Everton won. Aileen Wheeler scoring, scoring her last Brighton uh, goal on her final appearance to earn a point against her former team, Everton. She's been at the club five years, came on as a half-time substitute and equalised seven minutes after the restart. Um, Natalie Bjorn had given Everton the lead in first half added time, but the draw saw Brighton end the WSL season in seventh, Everton finishing in tenth. Disappointing, really, from both sides.
8: Yeah, I think Brighton have invested so much into, into the, the facilities, especially. And you know, they're always difficult to to break down, hard to beat. They had a stage that they be towards the beginning of the season where they, they were doing really well. Um, and unfortunately they've just fallen off towards the, the end of the season. But I think for me, Everton is is the big one that, you know, there was so much money invested. There was so much hope. There was talk about, look, we want to be in the Champions League places um and it, yeah unfortunately it's it's gone horribly wrong for them sacking two managers within the in the same season. So I think there's a lot of work to be done with Everton.
5: Yeah, I agree with you, Claire Emsley, leaving Everton as well when her contract expires at the end of June. Some other news to give you as well. Ollie Harder, this came a little bit from left field, as did his appointment in the first place, to be fair. He's left West Ham to pursue other opportunities. Paul Konczeski's been appointed manager of the women's first team on a two-year deal. Of course, Harder joined West Ham back in December 2020, led the team to its highest ever, WSL points. uh, total. He's been excellent for them, but uh, other opportunities await, perhaps in the United States, maybe. Also announced that um, Women's Football Weekly friend of the show, Jilly Flaherty, is going to be leaving the club after four years. She confirmed on Twitter she's not retiring and she's nowhere finished yet. So we'll find out where Jilly is going to go next very soon, I'm sure. Uh, Now then, coming up shortly, we will look back and reflect on what's been a brilliant W sl season we've got our own little awards to give out so stay tuned uh, for that uh, this is Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2 with Faker Others and Courtney Sweetman Kirk will also be talking next about what's been going on in-
3: Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter that's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter
5: You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Rothers, and Sheffield United's Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so just go ahead and download it today. Now then, it's time to look back and reflect on a brilliant WSL season with NOW.
3: Weekly preview on TalkSport 2 with a NOW Sports membership. Stream the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live with a contract from eleven ninety-nine. Search now sports eighteen plus stream via internet terms apply.
5: Okay so oh wow where'd that come from producer Flo wants a party tonight she's heard what the Chelsea players were up to she's heard what Emma Hayes son Harry was up to in the kitchen and she's up for her own party uh, right we're going to hand out some of our own end of season awards I think Flo thinks she's going to win one we haven't got one for you Flo I'm so sorry um, they're not the official Barclays ones by the way just to let you know these are women's fo- women's football weekly um, awards Chelsea's Sam Kerr of course the golden boot winner with 20 league goals Arsenal's Manuela in. Berger won the Golden Glove with 13 clean sheets for the season. Courtney, I'm coming to you first. Who's your player of the season?
8: It's got to be Sam Kerr, Forward Union and all that. Um, <laughs> but no, I think she's been fantastic. And as I, I spoke about earlier with her, it's not just her goals. It's the way that she's become such a leader and a focal point within that team. And, you know, it's one thing to score goals, but it's one, another thing to score important goals. And as I say, that that massive moment for me when she... She scored against Villa. I think that was, was huge. But I do want to give an honourable mention to Ella Toon. I've really enjoyed um, watching her this season. Um, obviously still a, a young player, but you can see she's growing and again relishing being a leader within that team. So, uh, yeah, give, give Ella Toon an honourable mention, but Sam Kerr uh, with the trophy for me. Who are you going for, Flo? Flo?
7: Well, a few days ago, I would have said Beth Mead, but Sam Kerr kind of flipped that on its head yesterday with an unbelievable performance. So she might just pip it for me, but Beth Mead's got to get a special shout out as well.
5: And we talked earlier on in the season about Lauren Hemp and Beth Mead, and it was between them for for me, because I think um, Lauren Hemp in particular just goes so far under the radar and she's just absolutely superb and is everything good about Manchester City, uh, but I'm with you both. You can't, espe- and the thing is, even if you were erring on the side of somebody else, the two goals yesterday just kind of cement it for Sam Kerr, don't they? Is there a special moment that stands out for you at all, Courtney, this season?
8: Yeah, and it's a, it's potentially a bit of a, a left field one, but for me, I grew up as a, a Manchester United fan. So the fact that there was a game at Old Trafford, the marketing all around it for the women's team, the pictures up everywhere um around Old Trafford. I just think that's a massive moment for young girls now growing up. When I was growing up, I was and my idols were David Beckham and, and that Manchester United team, whereas now they can look up to the to the women's team and yeah, the fact that they had a game Old Trafford, I just think that's a that's a big moment within Manchester United's um journey and and within women's football because obviously Manchester United for a long time were, were under heavy criticism for not having a women's team and rightly so. So I think that's a big moment.
5: Agreed. What's, what's yours, Flo?
7: I love that pick. And I'm. I, it makes me sound like I have no memory, but Sam, both Sam Kerr's goals yesterday could certainly be moment of the season. But I'll go a little bit maybe more depressing, but uh, Arsenal losing to Birmingham was a huge moment for Birmingham City fans, a huge moment for the title race. It probably would have been Arsenal's trophy yesterday if that hadn't happened. So, yeah, that was a huge moment. And uh, what a win for Birmingham. Yeah, absolutely.
5: Final award that we're going to give out is going to be for manager of the season. Who are you going for, uh, Courtney? Uh,
8: it's 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 got to be Emma Hayes, and I know it's like that easy one because they've won it. But I think you know they've they've come from behind. Arsenal really shot out the gates, um, and again, like you, the the big moment for me yesterday was the two substitutions, the the change in formation, and I think she's. She's just a, a a manager that I think every player looks at from the outside. I think I'd love to play um under Emma Hayes. But again, I do want to give two two mentions to the two skinners, Mark and because and I think I love done... that you keep
5: calling them the two skinners. I'm never gonna get it out of my head. The two runnings, <laughs> the two skinners. From, I love yeah, it. I'm gonna be using gonna it forever. Now. The skinners. Yeah, definitely <laughs>
8: honourable mentions to to those pair. But yeah, again, how can you look past Emma Hayes and, and the work she's done and You know, we're a three three P as well in in terms of three three W S L titles on the bounce. It's it's unbelievable.
5: What an achievement. Flo, do you concur?
7: I Oli has done a massive job. I, I'm, it's such a shame to see him leave the league because I think West Ham are really onto something on there and I think he's done a mass, a really good job and I really like him as a coach. So he'd probably be my pick if you're going outside the, the top teams, really. Wow, outside of the box. Thinking, as always,
5: from Flo Lloyd-Hughes. I'm going with Emma Hayes, I'm afraid. I'm sticking down uh, the traditional route. And I agree with you, Courtney. She's been superb. And bearing in mind what's been going on behind the scenes at Chelsea, I don't really think you can underestimate the, the player management that she's had with that you know she she told talksport breakfast this morning that all she's done has been in constant communications whenever she's been given an update by the club as to what's going on she's let her players know so they don't hear it in the press first of all they hear it from her and it's those kind of uh leadership qualities that she shows uh, that that I think make her deserve it for sure and of course as Flo said, she's won her third in a row. Uh, right, that was a look back at the best of the Women's Super League season with NOW. Don't forget, with a NOW Sports membership, you can stream the biggest moments from the Premier League live on Sky Sports without a contract. Search NOW Sport.
3: Women's Football Weekly Preview on Talk Sport 2 with a NOW Sports membership. Stream the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live without a contract from eleven ninety nine. Search NOW Sports. 18 plus. Stream via internet. Terms apply.
5: Right, now Rangers lifted the SWPL title for the first time after a goalless draw with rivals Glasgow City on the penultimate weekend of the season. That was enough to claim the title. The first time Glasgow have failed to win the title in 14 occasions. To discuss this with us now, Scottish football journalist Chris Marshall joins us. How are you doing, Chris?
2: Um, very good yourself?
5: very well thank you well this is quite exciting I would say for the SWPL to you know it, we don't want one team to dominate it does nothing for for the competition does it so you know this is a fantastic effort for, from Rangers and it brings another great title race for next season
2: yeah it does I mean Rangers have, have probably been deserved champions this season they, they kind of drifted away at the back end of the last term and they have boosted their scored quite significantly this term and I think Yesterday, the, the, the 0-0 draw, it was a point they needed to, to get their title, and they did enough to get over the line. I think that's something that they've they've really done in these last few weeks that maybe previous campaigns they wouldn't have done. Um, I think Malky Thompson, maybe had a couple of questions going into this term, but with the additional players that he's been able to add to his squad, he's, he's been able to manage that. And, and yesterday, the couple of tweaks he made at half-time did enough to get him over the line, and... You mentioned obviously that Glasgow City have won 14 in a row and this is the first time since 2007 somebody other than Glasgow City's name will be on the, on the SWPL1 title or the, the top tier title because it has changed names a couple of times during that period. Um, but I think there's a wee feeling that Rangers potentially could be looking to try and set up their own dynasty of their own. They're, they're going to finish well clear of Glasgow City and Celtic as well who have, have also been framed as challengers. But yeah, I think for the for the growth of the game in Scotland it's good to have that diversity in terms of teams trying to raise our standards and that's something that's
7: been happening across the league this season. Chris, last season in in the French League we saw PSG win the title for the first time in in forever really and and Leon ended up sort of fighting back and buying a few of their players and thinking this isn't going to happen again. What do you think the reaction's going to be from Glasgow City and also from Celtic with Rangers and Celtic both pushing on to try and compete with Glasgow City's dominance? But do you think this will drive things forward even more?
2: Yeah, I mean, Glasgow City will will view this as just a setback to try and come back and claim what they, they believe is theirs. And I think, irrespective of what happens in the next couple of seasons, Glasgow City will forever be the the four, four mothers. Is that a word? Is that a word? i just made a word up there. <laughs> The four mothers of Scottish women's football in terms of setting the standards and tra- blazing the trails. And obviously they've had those amazing Champions League runs up take them to the quarterfinals and, and such like. But I think what was really telling for me watching the the game yesterday was that Glasgow City threw everything at Rangers in the first half and if they've got that goal, you know who may be something slightly totally different. But in the second period, with the resources the likes of Rangers and now Celtic who have dropped off quite a bit this season but have won the SWPL Cup and it's a, a Celtic Glasgow City final in the Scottish Cup as well. Um, I think you will see that the teams with the the male backing and I think it's something we've seen in obviously in the W S L as well to give a bit of context. I think you'll see them continue to rise to the floor. But I think in Scotland, Glasgow City because of how established they are, I think they will continue to rise. And it'll be interesting to see how the new format and the way obviously the league is progressing into, into a new world next season and how they, how they rise to that challenge.
5: Brilliant stuff. Chris, I'm sure we will speak to you across next season uh, for all your updates. Thank you for giving us your time again on Women's Football Weekly. Nice to chat to you.
2: Likewise. Enjoy your rest of your week.
5: Thank you very much. Scottish football journalist Chris Marshall there. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Rothers. Courtney Sweetman-Kirk is with me as well next. We're going to preview next Sunday's Women's FA Cup final. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Others, and Sheffield United forward Courtney Sweetman-Kirk. We are available on podcast as well. Do not forget plenty of places you can download us, but first head to the TalkSport app to find us. You can obviously subscribe elsewhere as well. Now then, next Sunday, the Women's FA Cup final between Chelsea and Manchester City will be live on TalkSport 2. And last week, TalkSport's Bradley Hayden caught up with with Manchester City goalkeeper Karen Bardsley to chat about her recent decision to retire and what it's going to be like to sign off at Wembley on Sunday.
9: Obviously, um, you know, being at City for eight and a half, nine years has been an enormous part of my career. And, you know, I've, I've had the great fortune of being here from the start and, you know, having the opportunity to work with some amazing coaches and incredible players and, you know, be a part of this methodology that was so different to anything I had experienced previously. You know, but if we go back even further, you know, signing my first professional contract with Sky Blue was, was an amazing opportunity and, you know, something I never really thought would come to fruition. I remember joking with some of my friends in high school when I was 15 or 16 years old, you know, like, wouldn't it be cool if one of us went to the Olympics, you know, and if we did, like, it's the only time I would ever get a tattoo. And you know, ended up going to the Olympics and my friends were like, "Oh, you better, you better live up to that promise. So, um, little things like that, you just kind of never think really happen. And if you go even further back to that little five-year-old girl that was walking to the grocery store one day and just wanted to kick a ball around, you know, I got to sign up on the way out (laughs) and my dad was convinced that girls didn't play football. So, um, yeah, like just those little moments always stick out. Um, The big saves always stick out. 2019 is one that's always going to stay in my mind uh, against Japan. The save against Norway in 2015 uh, at the very end of the first half was a a real crucial moment for me. You know, but there's a lot of really great moments just watching the game game grow, you know, watching the the game, at least in this country, go from, you know, maybe a hundred or a few hundred people in the stands to some of the incredible crowds that we've had at derby you know in champions league those sorts of things and then you know walking down the street and seeing loads of girls in football kits seeing it on tv in commercials you know and seeing that perception change like that's been
4: something i feel really proud of what would it feel like then next weekend as you gear up for your your final game as a professional and um, what what will the emotions be
9: um, obviously like being injured, um, it won't be a true gear up, will it, but, um, being involved in the entire day, um, you know, it's, it's going to be really special, not only for me, but I think for the girls, for the club, it's yeah, it's, we, we've, we've been fortunate enough to have the experience before, but you know, the way the the season started and to see the way it's, you know, come to a close, um, you know, we, we kind of wish we had just a few more weeks left. But yeah, uh, getting the trophy and beating Chelsea to boot uh, at Wembley in the FA Cup final would just be a really, really nice way to close out um, the season and uh, my career. Oh, wouldn't it just go on KB. We've had KB in the studio here at
5: Women's Football Weekly and hopefully we'll get her in again now she's got a little bit more time on her hands, although I'm pretty sure she's going to be extremely busy and in demand, of course. Uh, what um, a, a career she's had, Courtney. We've spoken about it on the show already, but what a way to potentially cap it off if they were to go on and and win the FA Cup. How do you think it's going to go at the weekend? Chelsea got the better of City in both the league games, but of course, that League Cup match, Manchester City, comfortable 3-1 winners.
8: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think form-wise, you'd argue that Manchester City are in, in the better form going in into this game and you know, scoring a copious amount of goals um I think you know if 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 Chelsea start the way that they did on Sunday I think they really will struggle and Man City if you know if they are to go ahead have probably just got a bit more about them in terms of experience and a further along down the line than Manchester United so would be better equipped to to see that out so I think it's going to be really interesting I think Man City have almost got a, a bit of a point to prove after the way that they started and as you say, quietly sort of going under the radar and and about their business. So I think it's going to be um, a great tie. And KB was, I was with her at Notts County and, you know, more, more so than a career in terms of just a fantastic person. She's mm. absolutely lovely. Um, and anytime I've ever seen her since and playing against her, she's sort of person that always makes time for you. And yeah, I, you know, maybe on a selfish point of view, I'd just like like them to do it for her and, and send her off in the right way because she is genuinely one of the nicest people I've I've ever. Had the pleasure of meeting. She
5: really is, but don't tell Sam Kerr and Emma Hayes that <laughs> for sure. I'm sure Chelsea <laughs> will want to put their stamp on that final after the scenes that we saw yesterday. Uh, join Adrian Durham, Sam Matterface, and Lucy Ward for exclusive commentary of the Women's FA Cup final on Talksport 2. It's on Sunday and kickoff is at 2 30. Uh, Courtney, it's been a pleasure as always. You know, it's been a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. See you again soon. Thank you to Courtney Sweetman Kirk, Chris Marshall, Karen Bardsley, Bradley Hayden, producer Flo, and of course, all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast
1: via the Talk Sport app. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.